0: The Sandman by Neil Gaiman is a rich and complex series that offers numerous life lessons and insights throughout its entire narrative. So if you pay closer attention to the story, you might pick one or two things. Welcome to Zen Behavior Podcast, where mindfulness meets human behavior. It's your girl, Zen, and I'm super thrilled to have you here. The Sandman by Neil no Gay Man, you know, there's just, it's such an incredible story, and I just want to share some lessons, okay? The first thing is embrace change and impermanence, okay? We already know how inevitable change is, and so embracing impermanence allows for growth and transformation, dream's journey in the story dream as in Morpheus the god of the dream world or dreaming okay so occasionally I'm gonna say dream Morpheus just now I'm talking about one person or one character or god however you want to put it so dream's journey you know kind of it reflects the evolution of his character and the shifting dynamics within the dreaming and the mortal world before we go right into this episode i want to share a quick personal story so i always hated libraries every time i get in i don't spend more than like five minutes i'm asleep (laughs) like (coughs) sorry and most of it was because I can't bring myself to sleep in extremely quiet environments. My head is already too quiet. And so it just wasn't my thing, you know. In boarding school, there is this thing that, you know, maybe there's a class going on. You're not filling the class. So you kind of like excuse yourself and you look around, hostel, you know and wait till the class is over or school is over, depending on the period. And so I usually do that. (laughs) Not to say I was a wild card or anything like that, but I usually do that. And sometimes, um, maybe um, the subject that we're having or the course we're having is not something I'm offering. So I'm kind of like out and just somewhere else while the class is happening and when it's done i'll get back something like that so um one of those days that i was just hanging around girls hostel you know um teachers came around they chased us you know it wasn't just me of course there were other people i mean it's like a normal thing right so the teachers you know came around and was like no you don't you're not supposed to be around um the hostel surroundings by this time you know at this time you're not supposed to be there you're either in class or at the library and I just I the idea was just so annoying for me so what happened was you know that day we're just forced to enter library so I had to go with the others but I knew once I, you know, get into that space, I'm going to just immediately fall asleep because you must be quiet. I mean, libraries, it's just, like, the norm there. Like, it's always chill, no noise, nothing. So I got in with the others. Everybody was like, you know, some people had novels in their, you know, bags. Some people had things to do. And, you know, I, I obviously, my friends, you know, people I was really close to them you know they also had things to do and even if they didn't it just kind of like prohibited to be talking in li- in library so you know chatting or having fun and stuff like that was just wasn't just you know something we could have done so I was now scanning through the shelves and I came across this very huge book like it's not an encyclopedia it wasn't it's um i think a britannica or something like that so i just i was just very curious you know the size and it was the back the cover was just black there was just something so sexy about the book and i was like okay let me just take a look let me just take a peek and i opened the book you know i was just skimming through the pages and then i came across this very page and it was talking about sleep (laughs) about sleeping you know the mysteries behind sleeping you know the fact that you know where human beings were dead like half dead most of the time and it's kind of also a way for us to recharge and you know live normal healthy lives like you know, when you think about the psychology behind sleeping, like we're basically dead or, you know, maybe, okay, we're still breathing and all of that, but, you know, the whole psychology behind sleeping, you know, and dreaming and then waking up and feeling better or, you know, it's kind of like something that is necessary for human growth, both mentally and physically, because when you're asleep, your body is like, region Reju- rejuvenating there's a lot of work going down a lot of stuff going down and then mentally when you wake up you feel so good and all of that and the fact that during this process we're not our body's at rest our mind is shot like we're basically in another world so i was just reading through that stuff there was just so many stuff and then this woman that usually ch- ch- um, she's usually um, chasing me out of the library whenever she, she sees me sleeping she would come she would be like oh yeah get up get out what are you there's no why are you sleeping and the light? like in fact get up she she would always get me to go out because whenever i'm forced to come there i already know i'm going there to sleep i'm just going there to look for one very dark corner fix myself somewhere and this woman will still find me and tell me to go out So today, I was so intrigued. I was so, you know, the whole topic of sleeping and everything It kind of, like, piqued my interest. I was reading through the, I was reading the stuff, the passage, you know. This same woman came. She was not like, no, you shouldn't be reading this. You're too small for this book, blah, blah. I was like, ha! I was like, what was wrong with this woman? Like, did they send you? I don't understand. Like, you used to be mad that any time I come into the library, I'm sleeping. Now I'm not sleeping. I'm seriously focused on trying to understand this whole concept of sleeping. You're telling me I'm not supposed to be sleeping. Um, I mean, I'm not supposed to be reading. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be reading this particular, there's no sexual stuff. And even if, even if it was a sexual stuff, I mean, am I not supposed to learn? Isn't it? Is what like, how is this a problem? So what happened was this woman dragged the book out of my hands, she was like, if you don't have any other book to read, if you can't find any other book to read, just go out. Ha! Huh. That, it was really serious and I was so, like, I I was just at the point of trying to get this line where, you know, everything is now unraveled and oh, and she just snatched the book, she replaced it, um, on the, on the shelf. So. I marked the place. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna let it be today. I'm gonna leave because it's almost time for the next period for the class I'm supposed to actually attend and stuff. So I'm just gonna let it go today. Tomorrow, I'm gonna come back. I didn't say it out loud, of course. It was just my plan. As if this woman knew my plan. I came the next day. You guys won't believe what happened because my intention and my plan for that day was to let me just get into the library, find this book without her knowing, Tear tear out that page, put it in my breast, and <laughs> and go back to class. That was the plan. I said this woman knew what happened, what, what what was going on in my head, what I, what I had planned. This woman hid that book. I went there. I know the the shelf. I know the number. I know. I didn't. And that was the that book was like the only copy. Like it's not like okay, let me look for another copy somewhere else or something. I could not see that book. I checked everywhere for it. And I couldn't just go there to ask her because she already didn't want me to read it. I was so pissed. I was so angry. So I think, you know, going through this, um, thinking about this Sandman story kind of like brought back the memories. Because the whole story had a lot of, because the guy, um, Morpheus, is the god of the dreaming world i mean in the story obviously like he they call him dream of the endless or dream or Mafios, or god of the dream dreaming like he's in charge of that realm like sleep human beings in the story sleeping and waking up he's in charge so this story kind of like brought back that memory so (laughs) so back to the story so what now happened was, um so Morpheus was out to punish punish a follower of his. The guy committed a very serious crime. I think he was killing people for fun, like murdering humans. And you know, you know how in the spiritual realm, there are things you're not supposed to do. Even though we, they have powers like, you know, over humans, You you have to get some sort of permission or... know there's always a process to the things that they they do or are supposed to do so but this guy was just taking pleasure and killing people um it was just he was converting them to i don't know he was turning them into various things like doing all sorts of very nasty ugly things to these human beings and it was just all for fun So, Morpheus was going to, like, um, punish him. So, he was about to do that. Then, he got summoned. He got summoned by mortals. I think the whole incantation at the the beginning of the story kind of, like, intrigued me. Like, these people, you know how when we're praying, we have faith that when we use candles, that angels are here? It is the same thing with... um, other spiritual practices and all of that you always have this faith because history has written it that it can be done you get these books these magical books and stuff like that you read very scary you see scary things that if you try it (laughs) if you try it, like So, there are some things, some books that you read like this. You would be so, like, you have goosebumps. You literally feel like something is happening right next to you or there's some some spiritual whatever around you. It's so crazy, so scary. (laughs) There's this book that I was discussing with somebody and my brother was sitting right next to me. At one event that we went for at Abuja. So, I don't know. I forget, what's the title? What's the title? Because of my brother, I had to, like just shut my mind um i'm trying to find it my brother was like because the way my brother was having that discussion with somebody else i was also part of the discussion at at one point i was like no in my head it's as if he read my mind in my head i was like i'm going to find this book i don't care if it was prohibited if it was banned i'm going to find it i'm going to go to any web (laughs) it's not like i'm not you know when people see me they think i read a lot like um um a book freak i'm not but there are things that actually pique my interest and i read out of curiosity if it's about power seduction manipulation dark psychology spirituality you know things that are so unconventional things that people don't want to that that they are scared to talk about they're ashamed they're you know i just want to read it i just want to know I just want to have that knowledge not necessarily to use it or it's just let me just I'm just curious now I I want to know so in my head I was like I'm going to find this book and I'm going to read it my brother just he was already looking at me when the conversation because I was quiet I was listening to them having this conversation having the arguments the, the debates and my brother was just looking at me he was like don't I'm telling you don't read this book. It's going to mess up your psyche. It's going to mess your mess with your head. I was just like, okay. I'm <laughs> but you know, I felt like the whole program and everything afterwards, you know, the whole, every other thing we had to do after the conversation kind of like took me off. I just kind of like, remember that book right now, but back to the story. So these human beings, these human beings, they were doing some sort of ritual. There was blood. There was. They drew this man in particular, the main guy of the household, the lord of the household. Um, drew this geometric circle. You know, this. Um, oh, I'm trying to find out what's the name. There's this geometric um, lines that you draw. There's plenty rectangles inside. You know, this. Is it Illuminati sign? I don't think that's Illuminati sign. I don't know. But you guys know what I'm talking about. This, this geometric geometrical structure. Um whatever. So they had it on the ground with a very bold chalk. You know, there's they, they actually had to bring out a separate room in the basement of the household for the incantation because they've not tried this in, this thing before. But in the books, it said, if you do this, you do that, you're going to summon the devil or yeah, whoever that is in charge of hell. You're going to be able to do that. So what happened was they were summoning the God of death, but somehow they did it wrong. They did it the wrong way. And Morpheus got summoned then the audacity of these human beings and how evidently selfish we are like <laughs> you summoned a god against his own will and trapped him and gave him ultimatum that you can't release him until he helps you revive your dead beloved son and so morpheus had to spend decades trapped trapped in a glass in a geometric um prison uh, and then in inside the lines that they drew, right? So meanwhile, while this whole thing was happening, this whole trapping, the whole world was in chaos. Yes, people who were asleep were not waking up. The ones, you know, they were not dead. They were just not waking up. The ones that were alive, you know, they were just too scared to fall asleep. Because he, Morpheus was the god of the dreaming, like he's the god of the dreaming, he, he's the one that grants them passage, like you're, you're sleeping, he's guiding your dreams, he's showing you things, maybe your future or whatever, or planting desires, and dreams into your head because there's a separate god for desires, uh, but anything surrounding dreaming, he's the one in charge and when it's time for you to wake up, he'll wake you up, stuff like that, so now he's being trapped. The whole, every, like, the whole world was in chaos. So, these people still had the God to tell him, we need you to revive our, we need you to revive my, my son was a soldier, kiniko, kiniko, revive him and we'll let you go. (laughs) Okay. He didn't say anything. He was just calm. He just, he just kept quiet. He was just there. Naked, because he came in with all his tools because he was trapped so these people had to take everything that belonged to him his cloak his um sand that's why he's a sand man his sand his um ruby neck necklace his what his pouch okay that's the, the yeah the pouch that had the sand. The, um, the something else, you know, he's everything that made him not necessarily made him a god, but his tools, some of the things that he actually uses. They took it, they took it all and kept it locked somewhere and kept him in that um prison, uh, you know, that glass prison. I don't know, it's rectangular, you guys know it. There's no way I'm not explaining that. You guys know what I mean. So they left him down there and every morning every you know there were guards obviously outside the the area and every morning the man will come down he'll come to him and be like are you gonna say something to me what's the deal are you gonna call tech are you gonna say yes to my you know to my request mafios would say absolutely nothing and one day, his raving, almost like his pets, came looking for him. And that raving got killed. <laughs> because that raving wanted to actually um, get him out. But he got killed. That, that oh God. That, um, that, that, the death of that raving shattered his heart. Like, he was so annoyed. But he didn't, do, he still didn't do anything and mostly because he couldn't do anything actually the laws like I said the laws the incantation kind of like kept him bound you guys know that the spirits or immortals unlike we humans don't exactly have free will they don't not as we imagine their realms are guided by street laws that they rarely disobey you know So, Sandman was trapped in what seemed like a dramatic circle pattern with so many stuff like blood and, you know, the rituals that actually kept him bound. So, the only way he would be free and full of might was if something went wrong with that drawing. Or maybe some other God intervened, which none of them did. But they all knew about it. They all knew because... Eventually, when uh, Morpheus got out, you know, when you know, on different cases when he would have to go to their own realms and stuff like that, they would they would tell him, Oh, we heard what happened, or we knew how what they we heard, we saw what the more human beings did to you, you know, stuff like that. So they knew, but you know how, like I said, these periods they have laws, they have. Realms, they have boundaries and they stick. Not like we humans, anything like, we just they do anyhow. Like we don't, <laughs> we are just misbehaving. We don't even care about rules. The only human beings that are is like, you know, um, go go past the rules, like you know, bend the rules, do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But these spirits, like check well, if you if you read books about spiritual whatever, they stick to their rules. Is actually rare. When their rules are actually, they, when it's actually rare for them to actually break any of their rules. So, this now, uh, <laughs> the humans kept him locked away for years, still expecting him to say yes to their request. And he never uttered a single word to anyone. This man, the man that was begging for his son to be revived or brought back to life the man died he you know he grew older and died his son who was a kid when this whole thing happened who actually saw you know the whole process the trapping and everything and you know then as a kid he pitied him but he didn't have much say he didn't have much uh and he's you know when you know the man of the house is like very is a dictator so he didn't do much he couldn't do much you know he would just he would just look at the at morpheus look at the god and be like you know with pity eyes and you know he would empathize but there was just nothing he could have done so um this same guy the the son now he actually even after the father died he did he couldn't still come down and get morpheus out He couldn't and that was probably because he was scared he was scared of what would happen if he finally let this god go you know after everything after how many years they had decades like more than um 30 50 years because the son had to even get much older so okay the one time he actually came down he 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 told Morpheus, I'm going to help you get out of here. Morpheus was giving him a very hopeful eyes, okay? Finally, somebody wants to help me. Eventually, he added an if. He added a clause, like, if you promise not to hurt anyone, we're going to let you go. <laughs> Morpheus just gave you, just leaned back and kept quiet. The fact that, you know, you guys are not even feeling... Um, remorseful you got you, you are not even <laughs> you are not even remorseful you are still giving me ultimatum like so um and th- what actually intrigued me in this whole situation was mafia's must mafia I well I felt like it was just normal for him to actually be like that because the whole point the whole time for all those years he never said a word not even not even to give them a nod or a smile or a nothing the only thing you would see in his face is anger like the eyes is his his brows the you know you you see the the fury in his eyes so he, he he was a god basically actually so there was just no need for him to beg beg them or even to say anything to them. I felt like that was that was obviously um, probably what was going on in his head. So um, and time was also on his side. So he wasn't you know spending 30 years and stuff like that inside. There was like three three years or something. So it wasn't much. Like he's a god now, right? So one fateful day. The line from that drawing cleaned off, like I think a huge part of it cleaned off. And then when, when his raving came to save him at that onset, the raving kind of like cracked some holes or they, they were they, the, the raving left some cracks on the glass. So it kind of like enabled him to clean more of the lines. That was actually what got him out that was how he got out of that um trapping now the funny thing was dream you know dream 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 wasn't dream wasn't so terrible you know because if it was me after everything i you know in dream situation after everything that i had to go through <laughs> as i'm coming out <laughs> i would be raining Thunder and brimstone on the entire household. <laughs> no, if you actually read the story or watched the show on Netflix, you you definitely you feel so angry for Morpheus what he had to go through. <laughs> so, but he didn't. He didn't do much. What he did was he sent them permanently dreaming. Okay, that was awful. I mean think about it (laughs) they were having god-awful dreams nightmares but do you blame dream I mean he had a good reason right so I could go on and on about the story but I I don't want to do that it's a long one it's a long one guys the thing is that the unplanned journey into the human realm did something to Morpheus He came to understand why humans are humans he became less smug and a bit more empathetic you know so yeah so what brought me to this whole thing is change change is a very it's constant it's a constant phenomenon that um we should kind of embrace right so, yeah. Then the second thing is, the, another thing, another lesson is the value of relationships and connections. See, no matter how you look at it, humans thrive in relationships. People need people. We need each other. Dream was not human, but it was a part of him. There was a part you know there was there was a part of his story that made him realize how beautiful relationships are and it kind of like made him envy humans he's a god maybe he can have whatever he wants he can leave us for as long as he wants but he also feels lonely so he realized at one point that meaningful relationships and connections with others enrich life and and provide support during times of adversity dreams interactions with mortals and other members of the endless you know like the immortals um the when he met uh, god of death his sister and so many other um, people different kinds of people and immortals that he met You know those interactions it kind of like taught him a lot of stuff there was this man he met you know he builds you know quite a relationship with him that you know every hundred years he would go and visit him they'll have a chat and so what happened was (laughs) before i go before i share this particular part i there's a saying where i come from that man and spirits interact daily or something like that i i should i should i should revisit my my ibo history but essentially i said this to highlight the part where dream visited a tavern he was just chilling among humans they were trading drinking and chatting and so one of the guys said or argued that he would never hate being alive, no matter what. The other guy was like, "No." That at some point, life would be meaningless, and the best thing would be would just be to die and rest. Who wants to live that long and bored? You know. The first guy was like, he, "No." He was still insisting. He was like, "No way, no way." He would he would never despise life. He wants to live long marry a lot of wives um have plenty of children have chains of successful businesses you know just thinking about it makes him feel energized and happy and so dream was listening with his sister the god of death so they were just chilling there with them amongst them without them actually even knowing you know that they were they could actually see them. Obviously, they were just there as human beings, there in their midst, chilling with them. But they didn't even know who they really were. So, <laughs> Dream was listening to this conversation. He was he was like this. Even I was telling his sister, this foolish man doesn't know what he's saying. How 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 can he even say that? Like, what's he even saying? So dream caught into the conversation and was like you will live a hundred years he told the man that he will live a hundred years and he him like dream will come back and come back here they're gonna meet every on, on his 100th birthday to hear if he would still um think this way like to know if he's st- how he still feels about being alive and he was like do we have a deal the man didn't get the G's. He obviously didn't know if he was, was a god now. He was just the man was just grinning and was like, Why not? A million years, I'm still gonna stand by my word. And so every century on his on his first hundredth uh, birthday, Dream went there. They had a normal chat, they were talking. I think that was when the man figured that Dream was a god because Dream was still looking basically as spotless, as young as sexy or whatever as as ever so the dream was like okay so what what do you think now do you have any regrets The man was like nope nope that he's he's enjoying his life he's you know he's now so rich he has a lot of money Hmm. then the next year again for almost i think more than three centuries or something so it kind of like also built their relationship. So now Dream considered him as, at some point a friend, you know? He'll be like, Let me go and vi- it's, it's a friend's birthday. Let me go and visit him. They will see, they will chat. So it came to a point where he was like, For real, you don't have any regrets. The man was like, Well, I've had setbacks during these past years, I've had setbacks lost my wives my kids died my wealth you know diminished at some point but i still gained it back was for regrets that he doesn't have any regrets like none so far so it kind of like really really intrigued dream he was like one man that you know was like wow (laughs) like how you know he was just so intrigued by you know the man's mindset how human beings think you know not all of us though you <laughs> know all of us want to be the um 400 years and counting god geez that's crazy that's crazy but generally i realize that we're not necessarily scared of dying We're not. We think we're scared of death, but we're not. I think we're scared of not living. Yeah. And that's crazy. So to recap um, the lessons that, the few lessons that I kind of like really um, picked from this story the first one is humans are weird it's best to put it that way than say stupid which makes us utterly humans I mean if, if, if you say humans are not stupid I mean that's like our basic nature we're stupid <laughs> so but humans are driven by deep, dark, unchanging desires which ruin or make us formidable It makes us dreamers, fearless questers, hopeless romantics, hopefully vibrant. And other times, it makes us thoughtless, you know. The second lesson would be some people don't ever wish to die, no matter the misery. There are people like that who are like naturally optimistic, no matter the misery. Because they believe they've got so much to live for. The more they find new things of interest, the more they hang on to the thought of never wanting to die. I feel like it's kind of a very interesting way to live because nothing prevents death. Nothing. But a lot of things can prevent living. Fear, pessimism, anxiety, self-sabotage, and many, 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 many things. Death is is as natural as being born, yet we're so scared of it. So maybe it's time to embrace change, you know? We'll never know the future. So if things work out fine, great, fantastic, and if it doesn't, we adjust. That's it. The other thing is, life is short, and life is also long, you know? We humans are more um fortunate than we think we have more freedom even though we don't see it but truth is we have we have a will of our own to make our own choices change our fates, question things make mistakes and learn from them being human may seem you know hard it may seem hard sometimes it may seem unbearable and pointless you know but it's crazy it's it's fun it's spontaneous like what are the way what are the way like th- this is freedom in its in its essence so um that's it for today guys a quick shout out to bell gaiman he's a genius <laughs> now gaiman's approach to storytelling in the sandman is characterized by its depth, symbolism and, symbolism and intertextuality. He weaves together elements of mythology, literature and philosophy to create such a rich tapestry of narrative and, and imagery. Like, Gaiman's prose is so lyrical and evocative that it's inviting readers to Explore complex themes and ideas while engaging them with compelling characters and detailed plot lines. Okay, that's enough of whatever it is I'm doing right now. (sighs) I just love art. Maybe I should have studied it. But part of me feels like if I had, I would have found it boring. The school system would kill that aspect of creativity in me. So, (laughs) no. I'm okay with just learning on my own and freestyling everything. And it's fun like this. Sexy. (laughs) Anyways, did you enjoy this episode? Let me know. Okay. Don't forget to share the love. And if there's anything you want me to discuss next on this podcast, don't hesitate to ask. Okay. Anything at all um a question you have some topic you need me to um talk about i'll gladly do my research and deliver unfeelingly see you in the next episode i appreciate you bye